Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believing Saints, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Kate Kistner, an editor at Canal Street Chronicles. And I'm Maddie Hudak, also an editor over at Canal Street Chronicles. Hey, what's going on, guys? This former New Orleans Saints cornerback, Delvin Bro here, New Orleans native. I just want to say thank you. Bro Show, out. Welcome back to Believe in Saints. This is episode seven. We're going to start breaking down the wild card matchup between the Saints and the Bears. And then obviously we'll get into the NFC divisional round matchup with the Saints uh, hosting the Buccaneers. Breeze Brady Bowl. So let's go. A couple quick reactions from the Saints and Bears game. Ladies first. Maggie, what did you see? Uh, so, I mean, the obvious is is our defense playing absolutely lights out, allowing the fewest points in Saints history with 14 when it really should have been three. The, I, the, the takeaway from the offense is the difficult part. Uh, we've discussed this kind of a bit where I, I don't know how to take away the offense. I, I can't tell how much of that was kind of, you know, an intentional game plan, which we'll get into a little more when we talk about some of the weirder stats uh, from this game. But there was the same first half slow start that was the case in the Vikings game. And that ends up being the case in a lot of games that the Saints lose. So I think that I don't really know if I have a takeaway and I'm kind of just sitting on my hands waiting to see how this team performs against Tampa Bay. And I think that that will kind of, you know, answer any of those lingering questions either way. Yeah, Delvin, what was you? Uh, What's your quick reaction from the game? He's back. He's back, baby. Mike T. Michael Thomas back, man. Michael Thomas, man. I'm glad he's back in the lineup. Um, man, listen to me. You're gonna have slow starts. Uh, it's part of football. What all that matters is we got the W. We came out there with a W. Hey, uh, that's all that matters. Um, like I said, I, I like where we're headed. The defense only gave up nine points. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. Special teams. Will Lutz. Hey, I have I have tremendous confidence in you, Will Lutz. Man, you're my guy. Um, I, I I've been believing in you since you came in, man. Uh, continue to keep going, man. Keep your head up. Uh, I, I I can't wait to see what you do this week, man. Yeah, I kind of agree on all counts too. I, I think it's kind of hard to have, you know, some uh, quick reactions. I thought it was good that, you know, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Deontay Harris, Drew Brees, you know, Jared Cook, everyone's healthy. They're on the same, they're on the same field for uh, one of the first times this season. I think it was a good game for them to all try and get in sync and get this offense that can be incredibly high flying, uh, start moving a little bit. Uh, and then I also thought, again, the defense uh, played lights out. And uh, my biggest takeaway is that this team is going to go as far as that defense takes them. With that being said, uh, I think my game ball uh, on the offensive side of the ball, again, I'm going to take the easy route here, Deontay Harris. Thanks, Sorry. sorry. Uh, you know, seven uh, targets, seven receptions, 83 yards. On top of that, he was just incredibly electric. I mean, he was converting third downs to the team. I mean, he just uh, he looked really, really good out there. And that's something I think that the uh, the team was wanting him to become. Uh, the last offseason, they talked about implementing him into the the offensive game plan. And uh, he had his coming out party on uh, on Sunday. So. 
All right. Well, Cade stole my game ball. I would be giving this to Latavius Murray if he had anything besides four carries because that that singular play by him was just insane. And in saying that, I'm going to give this to someone that had one catch this game. And I'm going to give it to little Jordan Humphrey because nice. he had his first NFL start just three or four weeks ago. He started to kind of get involved in, in the passing game, but there's zero expectations for him. Our offense really couldn't, you know, get it generating on a lot of drives. And a problem that we had in a couple of these games was slow starts on offense offense is the issue on on third down the Kansas City game I'm pretty sure that was the one where we were one in 11 on third down and that was one of the games where little Jordan Humphrey was one of those top receivers out of nowhere in the fourth quarter on a third and 11 uh with about 13 minutes left little Jordan Humphrey just makes this insane catch for 14 yards we were talking about how last week how all of these you know the defenders that can step up in in the place of Quan Alexander how it's their opportunity how how Delvin you were saying you know it, just as much as Michael Thomas is a good receiver, it's just as much of a time for these guys to say, hey, you know, I'm a good receiver too. I felt like little Jordan Humphrey in that singular moment made a case for saying, you know, I'm an important person on this offense. And I just thought it was a really good, strong catch. And given how just gentle this game plan was, I'm, I'm just going to go there. Delvin, who, uh, yeah, who, who you got on the defense? Man, I got the whole defense. The whole defense got a game ball. I give it to everybody, man. Like I said, when you're giving up nine points in a wild card playoff game, man, that's that's stupendous. That's very stupendous. Like I said, Dennis Allen had a great game plan. The guys kept the ball from going over their head. Like I said, man, we talked about explosive plays last week, and I think those guys did a tremendous job of keeping the ball in front and underneath. So um, I love it, man. I give, I give it to the whole uh, defense. Well, the last time we played the Bears, we, we gave up, was it 23 points? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, Delvin, uh, from from the defensive standpoint, you know what did what did you see that was different in this game? I know that Nick Foles was the quarterback, but David Montgomery was more successful in that game. We had more issues, you know, with the tight end coverage in that game, and then then in this game, we basically gave up three points until garbage time. So, you know, what what did what did you see from you know maybe the scheming or you know players again stepping up in a certain area that made this such a different game from the last matchup? We all just communicated. Everybody was on. The same page you, you can see it even from Marshawn Lattimore all the way to the defensive ends you know everybody communicating talking ahead wants to play with uh, Lattimore talking to Cam Jordan at one point about lining up like I'm like man that's amazing that's what you need to do as a unit you have to communicate Cam like pushing him back like get back like come on man so as long as we're all on the same page, we're going to be giving up nine points, eight points, uh, 16 points, 12 points. So as long as we continue to keep having that chemistry between all, all three units and all three position groups, I think we're going to uh, have a great time to run. Yeah, I think that's a good point. But you also said, too, that like, hey, this this was nine points against a, a playoff opponent. And, and I Yeah, saw... I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep saying 14 points. It was not 14 points. I don't know where I got this number from, but yeah. The- Claim that I've said that now in my article and in this podcast. So True. moving forward. Yeah, but I, I keep saying people go, oh, it's the Bears. They should have beaten them anyway. It's like, well, listen, it's the playoffs. I mean, look at the Steelers. They thought they were going to win. They thought they were going to walk away with it. And then all of a sudden, I mean, now the Browns are moving on. Um, this is the playoffs. Like anything can happen. And the Bears are, uh, you know, they're eight and eight. So I guess they're they're an average team, but they're above average because they made the playoffs. Uh, and they have the ability to have explosive plays. And had it not been for Mitch garbage time 
Trubisky, this defense would have actually held them to three points, you know, with that yeah, that last second one-handed catch by Jimmy Graham and him, you know, taking it straight (laughs) to the locker room. I mean, like, good for him, I guess, you know, but I mean, their defense play likes out, you know, nine points in my book. I mean, nine's nine, but I mean, for, you know, 59 minutes and 58 seconds, it was three points. You we know? were talking about this. Like I, I was talking to Kate about this the other day, how normally watching playoff games in recent years, th- it's just been this impending sense of dread that by the quarter just keeps building and, and you're just waiting for the breakdown to happen. And and I, I appreciate the point you brought up, Delvin, about how you noticed the communication between Cam and Marshawn, because that's the whole field. That is full field communication. And we've had times where our safeties couldn't even communicate amongst one another. And that's how, you know, these blown coverage, these explosive plays have happened in the past. But in this game, even though I just didn't have a great feeling because the score was 7-3 for a very long time, it never felt like we were in any danger of letting this game slip away from us. And yes, Javon Wims dropped a pass in the end zone, but (laughs) then argue, I mean, you know, uh, in the long run, that moment was more than it could have ever been, but you also have to think that the Saints may have then played more aggressively, which is something I feel like you have to take into account with the slower offense is I, I do feel that part of it was them trying to get Michael Thomas just a lot of reps out front, even if they weren't successful. And then they they just knew that they kind of like the Denver game, just don't fumble the ball away and lose. It, it wasn't a game that needed to be super explosive on offense. But, you know, had they made that touchdown, I do think we would have seen a little more of an aggressive showing from the from the offense. But besides that, I think at first the defense started out a little weaker than they ended, but fixed it and played lights out. And I just feel like Saints fans, it's just an odd feeling. I don't know how to ingest having such a lights out defense. That's a good point. But you know, at the same time, like I'm kind of glad that not kind of, I'm very glad that we do because, you know, I, one of the things I noticed and I know Delvin, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You said, you know, slow starts are a part of football. Um, but what I'm kind of concerned about, though, is the team that we're playing next. And, and we've already faced them twice, but a couple of corrections that they have made since the Saints have last played the Buccaneers is that Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and those guys, they they want to get out on a hot start. They actually they don't they don't defer the ball anymore. Their philosophy is we want the ball, we want the we want we want to score first. And they've been very successful at that the last few weeks. And this offense has the ability to keep up, but we just haven't really seen that. And we can't wait until the third quarter, you know, to get going against the Buccaneers because we could be down if the defense for some reason doesn't show up. I mean, you'd be down a lot of points. I mean, Delvin, do you do you agree that you like getting off to a hot start is going to be the recipe for success against the Buccaneers? Oh, man, absolutely. Those guys in Tampa Bay are playing right now. Um, they they're playing on all all three cylinders. They man, the way Tom Brady and and those guys, um, uh, Godwin and Evans and them are taking those shots, man, and the over routes, man. It, it's and Antonio Brown, man. It's definitely going to be challenging uh this week. But but I have faith in our guys. I believe in our guys. Um, I, I know those guys are going to come out hot. Um, I know those guys are going to come out ready to play. Um, Lattimore, we already know what Lattimore is going to do. We already know what the defense is going to do. We know they're going to come out ready to play. Offense, hey, I, man, I trust Drew Brees. It's time. Drew knows it's time. So it's better to come out hot and keep going. Keep the foot on their neck and let's make it happen. 
I'm with Dolvin on the, I, I'm genuinely not, I, I have full confidence in this defense, I think. And I think they've earned it quite frankly. And, and I do just want to give a quick shout out to Marshawn Lattimore. He was one of our first topics of discussion on our first podcast. And we all had kind of said how we felt like he hadn't really proved himself this year. Every week since that, he has proved us wrong pretty much. But my counter on offense is oddly, it's playing out exactly how it did in week eight and week nine. When we played the Bears in week eight and then went to Tampa and week nine and our stat sheet from this game was kind of similar to how we played them in week eight Alvin Kamara rushed a lot more than usual I'm pretty sure he had the highest carries of his career Uh, he had 23 carries that's one more than his you know record game against the Vikings uh, with his six touchdowns and Latavius Murray wasn't used that much and and the passing game was a little uh, you know just kind of bizarre and then we came out against Tampa and scored 38 points I'm not saying an any way that that's going to be a repeat. But I just don't, I think that the Saints play differently against different opponents. And I think they played a little bit down to the Bears. And I think part of that was somewhat intentional. I think Sean knew again that this game, it was seven, again, it was seven, three for three quarters. Like that's not a game where you should have fears about, you know, the offense making a turnaround if you have faith in your defense. So I feel like the Saints know when they have to show up on offense. I think they played better against divisional opponents. So I think for that reason alone, despite playing them a couple times earlier this season, and, and uh, you know, I have my own, my own theories about the fact that this game gave the Buccaneers nothing to work with, but I, I just think the fact that it's Brady and, and Breeze wants to take down every quarterback. This is his, you know, kind of ultimate tour where if he could go Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, and go out on, you know, a fire of glory. No one would ever make a comment about his career ever again. So I I just, I I feel like the offense does have things they need to work on. I think a lot of that was just the fact that a lot of them were injured and had to come back and had to get used to it. And I think that's what we saw in the first half. I could be totally eating crow in a couple days if our offense starts totally slow, but I just, I, I do feel like there's reason to have some faith in, in this being a more offensive showing. Yeah. And I agree with you too on, on all of those points. Um, I think though that there's one guy that I'm not going to bet against. It's Andrew Christopher Breeze. And he has gotten better every not single Thomas Edward Patrick Ju- Brady Jr. Absolutely not. No, no. Uh, Daddy's still in New England. So, you know, <laughs> it's... I think it's a totally different ball game now. But Breeze has gotten better every single week, and he has been proving that he is capable of making all the plays. I think he, uh, especially there was one pass to Michael Thomas that, um, you know, he he threw Michael Thomas, and Thomas kind of had to turn around and grab it. And that, you know, you pick up the first down, you pick up some good yards. But I think with that chemistry between them last season, that is a catch that Michael Thomas, you know, just, makes easily doesn't have to turn around for it and it could be a touchdown you know so but I think Breeze is continually improving I think we're going to see a great game out of him on Sunday uh, against uh, the other uh, 40 plus year old quarterback so Breeze didn't get enough credit for the 38 to 3 win yeah because again the graphics all preseason were the ultimate NFC showdown of the greats like they totally jumped on this Brady wow Brady Breeze thing and then we beat them in the first week and then the narrative was the the Bucks are Super Bowl bound. They're going to beat the pants off the Saints on their revenge tour. And then we beat the crap out of them. And then it was, oh, I remember a headline. Are the Saints better than we thought? 
that's the respect that our team gets. So I would love nothing more than to go back in there and have Breeze prove it again when he doesn't have to. Right. And I think too, like, you know, no matter how many times the Saints have beat them this year, and again, that 38 to three is probably the most dominant win the Saints have had all year. And again, everyone's talking about, oh, well, Brady's not going to get beat in the playoffs. Brady's not going to get beat a third time by the Saints. Brady's playing better than Breeze right now, so that means they're going to win. Like, at the end of the day, uh, you know, both of these squads are, are good. I think the Saints have the edge. The Saints relish playing Brady. Also, this group of guys is facing Bursigi the last, you know, three or four years. And on top of that, they're tired of being disrespected. They're tired of the Mike, you know, Michael Vicks going on TV and saying that they're not good or, you know, the Steve Smiths going on NFL Network and saying that, you know, Breeze, you know, has no shot to beat Brady and that this defense is, you know, maybe not exactly what we think that they are. And it's like they're tired of it. They want to go out there. They want to beat everyone. They want to dominate everybody. And if you don't think that, you know, those leaders in the in the locker room aren't licking their lips for this this third matchup, then I think, you know, you're probably wrong. So, I mean, these guys are going to, are going to go out there and they're going to play their asses off, I think on Sunday. And here's a, I have a, you know, just a genuine question for you, Delvin. Um, so I, I, I found a video the other day of, um, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson doing what he does best, riling up the opponent and uh, happened to be Tom Brady. And it's, it's a pretty must see uh, clip on Twitter. Um, and and I, I think, everyone is salivating at the prospect of CJ Gardner Johnson being matched up against Antonio Brown and, and kind of like, you know, what, what, what he could do. And, and, you know, his trash talk is, you know, the talk of the hour. I am just curious, like, is there a genuine, not, so much taught, but is there strategy behind having one of those players on your team that is kind of just employed to rile up the other team? And, and I guess, you know, it's not normally like you could expect them to get ejected, but CJ, you can literally expect them to like get ejected. But, but do you think that there is any strategy back there? Because I feel like if Sean Payton had any problem with the way that CJ was acting, I think with every, all of the implications, especially from like Bounty Gate and everything, that if he felt this was inappropriate and going too far, he would have nipped this in the bud. But Sean seems okay with it. Malcolm Jenkins seems okay with it, which says a lot to me because he's he, he's someone that I, you know, his character is very high to me. And so I, I feel like if this was going too far, he, he wouldn't be totally okay with it. But is there a strategy there? No, it's, that's just who he is. And, you know, as, as players being around him, knowing who, who he is as, a, as that type of player, what he brings to the team, man, shit, do you. Shit, have fun out there. If that's what you do, just make sure you don't get no damn penalties. But do you, man. Hey, have fun. If that's what you want to do, do it. You know, I mean, if you want to, because that's our job as the defenders to get in the offensive, you know, guy's head. So, man, if that's what you're good at, do what you're good at, man. And he's damn good at doing it. So, man, keep doing it, man. Uh, it, it'll be nice to see Antonio Brown get out the game or, or, or Godwin get out the game. <laughs> I, I just like, and the video of Malcolm Jenkins shared, it was literally one that was like what CJ says to opposing teams. And it was someone just going like, just making some stupid noise. And he's like, it really is that dumb and childish. So I'm like, what is it about CJ? And, and, the, and the thing that got Brady so incited, like he basically just stopped, told him to stop crying and that he was a grown ass man over like a comment to the ref and, and Brady just unleashed. So it's not even like he's saying these like bad things. So like, is it just one of those things about 
some of those players that just can get under someone's skin by saying the dumbest stuff? I guess so. Absolutely. Shit, he, he said the dumbest shit. I'd have been, man, listen, I'd have been around so many guys on, man, like I'd have been in so many locker rooms. I'd have been on so many fields. And the shit you hear on the fields, I kid you not, y'all. Oh my God. Like I've had one of my teammates talk about somebody, mom, like what? See, and there's like, where I don't totally like those <laughs> in that regard. But it's no, crazy. <laughs> it's, no, I'm serious. Look, they had a fight. It, I kid you not. It, it might be on YouTube in the CFL with a guy, uh, one of my teammates, who was talking about the running back's mom. And like, next thing you know, the running back puts them in a headlock. No, I kid you not. It's freaking crazy. Oh, I, no. yeah. No, I will go straight there. And there, <laughs> I don't blame them. Like, don't bring up their mom. And, yeah. but that that's the thing where I, you know, I, I, I take how Peyton, Malcolm Jenkins, and Demario Davis react to CJ Gardner Johnson very highly because they're hearing what he's saying. And like I said, character-wise, Jenkins and Davis are two of the people I hold very, very highly. And I think Jenkins was brought in here as a mentor for that group. And so I don't think he would be cool with below the belt comments being the thing. And whenever you do hear the sound grabs, it really is him saying the dumbest stuff. And so I have absolutely no problem with it if it's not, you know, going too far. And because like you said, I know that that's, that's part of the, you know, name of the game with the defense, but just doesn't ever feel like we've ever had someone that's actually been able to like do it this well. Listen to me now, when you're between them white lines, anything goes now, I'm telling you now. So if you weren't about emotions and you hearing about your pride on your sleeve and what people say about you, you can forget about it. Don't play the game. You're going to hear nasty comments, nasty everything. They're going to go talk about your dead grandma, your oh, oh, any everything. Oh, they go below the belt. So and that if, goes if, on often. If, if, if that's what we got to do to get you out the game, to get you out your game, that's what I'm going to do. That's fair. Yeah. Seems like CJ, GJ is the best in the business at it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rent free, everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, guys. So it's that time of the show. We have to make our score predictions for this divisional round game. So, Delvin, you go first. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Tom Brady, them, has been putting up points. Uh, Drew is always going to match the intensity. So, I'm going with 41 to 38. I'm going 41-38 this week. So high. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst time. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's going to be exciting. Exciting. You got to think whoever loses, I'm thinking they're going to retire. So I think they're going to go out with a bang. I think they're going to, I think they're going to throw, I think they're going to put up some points this week. Well, question for you based on your final score, which is a field goal difference. Uh, you had brought up Will Lutz earlier. They did, sign, him. They him. did sign Blair Walsh uh, earlier this week. Do you think that there is a chance that we see Blair Walsh in this game? Uh, it depends. I mean, you know, they, they call it a COVID protocol. Like Will Lutz, then yeah, but no, I, 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 I have, I have um, so much faith that uh, Coach Payton is going to keep Will Lutz in. I have confidence in Will Lutz, man. Will Lutz is a dog. Do not let one or two missed field goals dictate his whole career. The man is awesome, man. He's awesome. I agree. He's a big mistake. Man, Walsh is no better. He, didn't he play for Minnesota that year where he missed the field goals? Man, I don't want to hear that. So we bring I think my, Will Lutz, I'm confident in Will Lutz. And My only favorite. question with Lutz is that I think, if anything, there might be an injury. Uh, so... That that's that's been my only kind of lingering question. Yeah, I see. Yeah, he's about that. And Blair, yeah, if Blair gonna come in, and I mean, I we have to have confidence in Blair. So yeah, I mean, I have confidence in whoever we put out there. I know I it's see. just your score, man. It's a three point difference. So yeah. I love it. I did see a good breakdown by Nick Underhill on Twitter where he basically was I'll like, okay. There. 
yeah, he was like, hey, here's three uh, instances in which Will Lux missed the field goal. Two of them, the you had the laces turned towards him. And then the third one, he literally slipped. And it still was actually pretty close. Uh, I mean, the one yesterday, was it was 50 yards. It wasn't like it was a 38-yard field goal. Right. Yeah, I and I, I don't think I... And, I mentioned this too. I think that if everything goes to plan, you never see Blair Walsh. So, but if you do, like you said, you got to have confidence in him. My score prediction last week was 41-34. It sounded pretty similar to Delvin's for this game. Uh, However. Yeah, those went really well. Yeah, they went really well because if you took the entirety of the score of the points that the Bears and the Saints scored together, you don't even get like even close. I mean, it was just so far off. I was so wrong. Uh, so I'm at, I actually am kind of going to go opposite this week. I think both of these defenses, uh, are playing pretty well. And I think that this is going to be a little bit lower scoring of the game. I still think that, uh, the Saints come out ahead and I think it's, uh, a 28 to 14 game. I don't think it comes down to any field goals. I think that these teams are going to have the mentality that it's going to take touchdowns to win. So 28-14, Saints. Well, it's really rude of you that you explained it exactly that way and then gave a low score because it was pretty much what I was going to do. Uh, so now I'm going to do it, do it a little bit here. So you gave 28 to 14? I did, yep. Okay, Um. I'll go 27-21. I think that it's the defenses are going to show up, yes, but I think Tom Brady with 31 playoff wins cannot be uh, discounted at all. And, I, you know, we cannot expect – our defense could play lights out. They're still playing Tom Brady versus Mitch Trubisky. So <clears throat> I still think, you know, 21 points isn't a bad game whatsoever, as long as that's not, you know, by fault of you know horribly blown plays or anything mm-hmm. uh but i th- i think that it isn't going to be a blowout on either way but i think that the saints run the ball better and if it has to come down to alvin Kamara, then i think that we have players that can make the difference up if we're evenly matched whereas i don't think that there are any x-factor players on the tampa bay team where if it is an evenly matched game that they're going to kind of have a way to get the edge out they could try you know maybe this time rushing the ball more than five times for one it's going to be a great game breeze brady uh in the playoffs i think this is exactly what the nfl was hoping for when brady decided to come to the saints yeah, they really division. Got exactly yeah. what they wanted out of this so good good for them and i guess hopefully good for us if it uh, it's going to hopefully makes for some good football all right guys thank you for joining us on this episode seven adventure go saints Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.